Hi, everyone. This is Wendy Kennedy. Welcome to the Entrepreneurial Podcast, where we showcase and celebrate entrepreneurial success. People doing innovative and amazing things to ignite entrepreneurs, innovation, and entrepreneurial thinking. everyone. Welcome. I'm super excited to bring you this episode on building an innovation hub in healthcare, the story of Community Launchpad. Recently, I sat down with Pete Turner, Vice President of Innovation at Community Health Network in Indianapolis, Indiana. Pete is a tireless champion of innovation in healthcare. In just five short years, he's transformed a unique concept sketched on a napkin into Community Launchpad, one of the nation's foremost healthcare innovation companies. Under his leadership, Launchpad has founded 2,000 employee-driven ideas, an investment portfolio of 20 companies, a digital health startup in Silicon Valley, an innovation management software, and a standalone innovation space, broadening the innovation ecosystem that stretches coast to coast. Before he founded Launchpad, Pete served as Community's Vice President of Business Development, overseeing planning, marketing, and communication strategies for Community's heart and vascular and Community Physicians Network. He joined Community in 2005 from High Point, North Carolina Regional Health System, where he directed brand advancement and new product development for the region's first freestanding heart hospital. Pete has also spent a decade in the NASCAR industry, where he managed motorsports marketing initiatives for global companies including McDonald's, Pennzoil, and Channel Lock. In our conversation, we explore many dimensions to innovation in healthcare, starting with how the concept of Community Launchpad got ignition inside a 12,000-person healthcare system, to managing 800 ideas through innovation constellations, and how partnerships like the one they have with Cisco resulted in a Silicon Valley startup. I hope you enjoy this open, free-flowing conversation as Pete shares the story of Community Launchpad. Hello, everyone. It's Wendy Kennedy. I'm pleased to be here with Pete Turner, the Vice President of Innovation for Community Health. It's our great pleasure to invite Pete to the entrepreneurial table today. We're going to have some great conversation, lots of fun, and some great insights into really injecting an entrepreneurial strategy in the healthcare organizations. So super excited, Pete, to have you here. Welcome aboard. Well, thank you, Wendy. It's great to catch up with you. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I've followed your story now for a long, long time. Um, You know, as we first started out together, I guess, back uh, when you were on the napkin, shall we say, and doing the the program, the ideation program with Purdue. And I'll let you tell people a little bit about that and how this all started and came to be. But I think uh, the story of Community Launchpad is really relevant, I think, for healthcare organizations and, and, you know, beyond that today. Uh, So I'm really, really pleased that um, you were able to join us and that we can kind of share some back and forth conversations about the story of Community Launchpad. So uh, with all that being said, then I think probably a great place for us to kind of pick up from, you know, they always say begin at the beginning, right? And uh, so just maybe, you know, I'm going to turn
turn it over to you and just let you talk a little bit back in 2013 um, when Community Launchpad started. You know, what was the thinking and a little bit of the background for people? Um, you're a very large healthcare system in Indianapolis and throughout that whole region. Uh, a lot of uh, history there and a lot of success, one of the nation's top healthcare systems. So, what was the thinking back then about? innovation and entrepreneurial thinking and you know how did this all start yeah well community health network has been uh, a member of the indianapolis neighborhood for over 60 years and like most large incumbent organizations um, you you really come to a point in time where either through traditional looking at traditional business models and products and services, or looking at the industry at large, we found ourselves at a point in time where our industry and our organization was ripe for innovation. And like most good innovations or ideas, we identified that we had a problem to solve. And that was while our organization had been organically innovative for, you know, over the course of several decades, we really didn't have any structured, systematic approach to change what we do and how we do it to provide a bigger and better value proposition for our customers. And so in 2013, um, on the premise of two problems to solve, which were one, how can we stand up an innovation initiative across a large incumbent organization and in an industry that historically has not been rapid advancers to innovation? And then how can we create some tangible results that will provide value to our customers? With that problem to solve, we embarked on a journey and looked across um, innovation models across the country, across industries. Um, it included Fortune 500 companies, life sciences, you know, universities, venture capital, healthcare systems. We even looked at NASCAR teams. I, I cut my teeth the first 10 years of my career in the NASCAR industry, and we even reverted back to how wow. innovation happens in NASCAR. And from that, we designed our own innovation model tailored to fit community health network structure and culture. And we used chapter one from your methodology, Wendy, and we drew it out on a napkin and said, let's start here. Wow. Wow. That's pretty cool, though, whenever you say that you even went to NASCAR and, uh, you know, having uh, having your uh, cut your teeth in, in NASCAR, it was probably natural for you. But I bet it wasn't natural for your leadership to all of a sudden be looking at all these very different models for how to bring innovation to healthcare. It wasn't. However, a common denominator that we were able to connect and apply with the NASCAR industry in healthcare was in the NASCAR industry, innovation um, is very rapid. However, you're always looking to increase speed hmm. and how fast you can perform. However, you're never willing to sacrifice safety. And so that dynamic is very similar to the healthcare industry in the need for speed in terms of healthcare services, healthcare advancements, healthcare technologies, even simple things like allowing access to our patients and customers and the speed in which that 
needs to occur, but we can never sacrifice safety and quality. And so so there were some some real good um, connections between those two. So in essence, it was it was somewhat of an easy story, almost a natural, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you say it like that, I think, of course, it makes perfect sense. So, but I think it's the um, the takeaway for me there is it's the openness and willingness of leadership to go down that path and look at different models. Maybe not knowing right at the outset that speed and safety were going to be those kind of common denominators, but you know, just you know, hats off to the leadership for actually uh, saying, yeah, let's look at everything here and see see what you know what kind of sticks for us. Um, something else that you said that you've said it several times is you talk about customers, and it's not very often I hear that. Uh, phrase used when people are talking about healthcare. So um, just talk a little bit. That's a mindset, obviously, at Community Health and at Community Launchpad. So uh, you have customers. <laughs> Absolutely. And that is vernacular that that has been adopted somewhat over the course of the last five years. And our thinking around using the word customer is twofold, maybe even threefold. And we have pay, we have individuals seeking our services to provide a healthcare solution because obviously they have a problem that they're looking to solve. And we have to find a way to interact and communicate with those individuals before they ever become a patient. So as we start looking at when we call someone by a patient historically over the industry, there's already a relationship established. Mm -hmm. And and as we looked at our continuum of care and in a patient's journey, we realized, well, it starts before then. How can we be more accessible to people who are looking for a problem to be solved in terms of their individual health care? How can we be more advanced and helping them solve that problem before they ever even engage in a transaction with us. Um, and secondarily, I think that, that you know, just in the nomenclature, patient and customer mean two different things. And patient historically over the in terms of the industry has been you are a patient of a healthcare system, and we as a healthcare system historically tell you, you know, when we're open when, what information you're going to receive. And the message that I think is somewhat connected to the word patient is healthcare system is driving what that relationship looks like. The word customer has a different meaning Hmm. and it's something that's evolving in the healthcare industry. And we want to be a leader in that evolution is that no, we are totally consumer focused we are solving problems for what the consumer is telling us they need solved and how they need it solved that works best for them, not what works best for us. Mm. And I think fundamentally, the difference between the name patient and the, main, and the name con- the customer or consumer has taken on a different meaning over the history of, of the healthcare delivery life cycle. And we're, you know, we're, we're committed to changing that. 
That's fantastic. I love that. You know, the whole thing goes in hand in hand with having customers and looking at the problems that you want to solve. And, you know, I want to kind of circle back on the, the problem discussion for a little bit because, you know, when we first started the conversation, you know, you said that, you know, there were two main problems that you were looking to address. Um, so let's just bring those back to the forefront again and just talk about those problems a little bit. And, uh, you know, I think that'll be a nice springboard for us to talk about your approach and things at, at Community Launchpad. Yeah, well, the first problem that was obvious to us was just, you know, the need to innovate in, in an industry that has been somewhat averse to, to innovation. Hence, that's why we see um, all across, you know, the country, the the emergence of non-traditional healthcare providers. And what, what I mean by non-traditional is you may even have large corporations like, you know, the pharmacy locations or, or um, other types of providers. But when you start talking about Apple becoming a quote unquote provider of healthcare or Google or Amazon or even a recent individual graduate from MIT who can come up with a technology that can solve a problem, you know, incrementally faster than we can. We've seen an explosion of because we've been so slow as a healthcare industry in solving customer problems. We have seen an emergence, an explosion of non-traditional solutions that have penetrated our industry who can do it better and faster than we can. And we identified that as a problem that we needed to solve. That was inherent upon us and our mission that we should be leading or be a part of those uh, solutions. So that is just, you know, mission driven. That's this is who we are and we are here to improve the health and wellness of the communities we serve. And if we're going to have those words up on a wall, our actions need to stand behind those. And then the second problem to go along with that was okay, well how in the heck are we going to do that? <laughs> we we don't this word innovation, it's nothing more than a word on a wall or or a word in a Google article that gets forwarded. So we said we need to develop a, a you know a a centralized structure that systematically is playing quarterback and calling the plays of innovation tactics and strategies. Um, and so there, how we started that, Wendy, was we we started looking. We didn't start with strategy. We started with tactics. You know, we did innovation competitions amongst across all of our 16,000 employees. We looked at, you know, some tactical problems that we needed to solve in operational areas. And we made some incremental um, and nominal investments in startup companies that created partnerships from those non-traditional um, sources. We partnered with them to help bring those innovations inside. And so we started just looking, we, we built from the bottom up versus the top down and said, we can talk about what the model should be, what the strategy should be, but let's start tactically and gain some tangibility mm. so that it actually is teaching our organization and things that we don't even know what we don't know. But let's allow those to teach us without making any type of catastrophic event, um, and we'll gain some tangibility and learn from there. So we built a baseball team, if you will, from the minor leagues up versus the major leagues down. And so... 
if I follow your thinking then, so you, you basically got right out into, uh, right onto the floor of the hospitals and the clinics and, and started to engage with the staff right at that level. Is that what you're saying? We did. We hosted a Shark Tank-like innovation competition um, in 2014, and we used a you know an innovation tactic known as open innovation. We identified three areas or problems that we were trying to solve. Um, we asked the organization um, to help us solve those problems, and we engaged our employees um, all across the board. And basically, we, we got more than what we bargained for, Wendy. We, we, within three weeks, we had over 800 ideas um, wow. and 800 answers to what our organization thought um, at the individual level, at the employee level, was how we could solve those problems. And then we had to figure out, oh, my gosh, what do we do with these now? Oh, my goodness. 800. 800. And we literally would walk through every one of those. And... Wow. What we learned over time, and one of our learnings has been, the mistake that we made initially with those 800 were we looked at those, each of those 800 episodically. So here was an idea or here was a, a solution to solve this problem. And we looked at, you know, the answer that we or the question that we got, you know, over and over and over is what happened with those 800 ideas? And we started looking at trying to develop and come up with an answer to each of those 800. Mm. And then we realized that's impossible. It's truly impossible. So we we smartened up (laughs) and we looked at all 800 holistically and said, let's take a step back and connect. Let's first of all, categorize each of these 800 ideas into different themes. And then let's try to interpret the biggest problems that our employees are telling us that we need to solve for our customers. And then because of taking that approach, which is more of a, you know, a a design thinking approach, if you will, and I use that term loosely, we then identified areas of focus to then start innovating in versus innovating in just a particular product or service. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So that you grouped them and clustered them into themes then around the problems that they could address. So they weren't now singular ideas. They were, um, they were grouped into clusters of ideas. Exactly. It's a term that we use. We call those launchpad constellations. Uh-huh. Uh, so what, that, what the launchpad constellations really did for us was gave us clusters of of opportunities in our ecosystem. And then we started using tools, tactics to start testing out a different set of hypotheses versus just, you know, we need an app that does this. We took a different approach and said, okay, we have all these ideas for for apps, so to speak, but what's the real problem that we're trying to solve? And what we concluded was, our employees were telling us our patients don't have a digital front door to access community health network. And we need to put essentially a remote control, even if it's in the cloud, in the palm of their hand through a mobile device so that we can help them allow better access and better navigation to the thing, the products and services that we deliver. So the difference is 
then we started organizing our thoughts and how can we develop a mobile platform for our patients to connect our producers to the consumers versus, hey, we just need an app that provides um, a better way to pay a bill or a better way to navigate when someone, when a customer enters or a patient enters one of our facilities. That's incredible, you know, whenever I, I hear you talk about this, because, you know, I think for many of us, my, you know, at least for me, my first instinct, if I had 800 ideas, would be, oh, my goodness, what do we do now, right? Like, there's just so many, um, you, you just, you're cut across so many areas, like, how do you actually manage this? So the notion of putting them into constellations, I think, is incredible because it really wrapped them into problem buckets that people could then go, uh, you know, that they could, people could see their ideas being action. And I think that's what's really powerful is that people can actually, you know, you were able to action on everyone's ideas, so to speak. Is that is that a fair statement? It's it's 100% fair. And it, that approach accomplished several things for us. And it, one, gave an individual voice in terms of, you know, an N of one, an employee. It, it exponentially glamorized the power of that voice because we connected that N of one to another N of one. And so that voice became not just a single voice, but a voice that collectively became part of other voices. And then it created a sense of urgency around, we really need to solve this problem because now that we've grouped these together, it's just not one individual idea. Hmm. Also with that, and this is another um benefit of taking that approach and again i want to i want to make sure that that we clarify this wasn't intentional we learned from making mistakes <laughs> well that was going to be one of my questions i'm going to ask you is would you do it again this way <laughs> absolutely and it took us going back to my point of let's start tactically it took us time and mistakes to develop and create the right solution because we continuously were testing hypotheses, which is how, in our opinion, the best type of innovation evolves. Mm -hmm. But it also, from the entrepreneurial standpoint, you know, our employees, what we hear a lot of the times is, you know, I've got an idea and I am so thankful and energized by the fact that my employer is asking me to share my voice. Absolutely. And with that being said, while I want to share my voice, I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm not, I won't categorize or classify myself as an innovator. You know, for instance, we heard a lot, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a pharmacist. Mm -hmm. I'm not an inventor. And what that allowed us to do was group individual entrepreneurs with other entrepreneurs versus just acting as one-offs. And they got a lot better. They weren't, they didn't have to deal with the unknown or the being scared Mm -hmm. that their idea may be wrong Uh, because in healthcare, it's, it's not 
it's not good to be wrong. So even when it's when you're a healthcare employee, you may not want to share your voice because if it's wrong, that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And so we we change that dynamic where we brought constellations, meaning not only ideas but employees together to say, here's a safe environment in which we can fail. And being wrong actually has benefits because we're going to get to a better place and get to being right quicker. So it gives also gives our employees a better understanding of how an entrepreneur, being an entrepreneur, how that works and that you're not always right. You don't just go up and stand in the batter's box and take a swing and head on a home run every time. (laughs) However, you know, the articles that you read and the television shows that you watch, you mostly hear about all of the times where, you know, the shiny nickel just hit it big. And we all know the reality of that. It's not that. Yeah, yeah. And I think just having um, employees come together around those themes, like you say, it's, it's, I sometimes call that getting a, a safe place, right, to explore the idea. And uh, so bringing them together too, where they had kind of like-mindedness in terms of the kinds of problems that could be solved. I think that that's a great strategy as well, even though you might say, well, you kind of, you know, first you, you weren't sure if this was, you know, the way you were going to go or what was going to happen with the 800, maybe I should say, but, but it's, it certainly um, turned out to be uh, powerful, not only in terms of what you were able to do with the 800 ideas, but I think probably how it's energized the staff. Yeah, it really has. Um, because we, as I indicated earlier, what we did was we took, and one of our core organizational values is innovation. But because of our commitment or the commitment from our leadership, what we did was we took words on a wall and we made it real. Mm-hmm. We, we made words come to life. Um, and we started with our employees and looking back on it now across, you know, over the course of our journey, which just started five years ago, we're really new at this, having those employees not only engaged, but also having our employees be able to learn alongside of us that normally the idea or the solution that you end up with is very rarely where you start. And that's been a lesson that's been very valuable in helping our innovation pride value come to life, which is this innovation is hard work. It's really hard. And it's a commitment more so than just using a process. Mm -hmm. It's a commitment to something that's bigger and beyond any type of toolkit or process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know I've heard you say this, and I want to make sure that we spend a little time on this topic because I know you're very passionate about it, and I think it fits, at least I'm hoping it fits in this part of our conversation. But I've heard you say this several times that it's it's not about the technology or the technologies. It's, you know, technology is not the strategy, right? I, I've heard you say that. So... Um, do you just want to kind of expand on that uh, a little bit? Because I think that uh, certainly for me, when we had that conversation, 
that really you know struck a chord with me it's something that we've definitely learned um in our approach over the last five years which is I'll, i'll give a couple of examples it's the difference between saying our strategy as part of a healthcare delivery organization is an electronic medical record versus we need to have a in this industry we need to have a strategy that allows clinicians individuals patients consumers whoever you want to classify them a common platform to not only increase communication but share information that an individual can be in control of their personal health record or or health information that's the strategy that's the problem to solve and then the technology just becomes the solution to the problem that you're really trying to solve and i think in the healthcare industry largely we have our speed in which we innovate has been impacted because we've had that flipped the product or service for instance we look at things in the healthcare industry in terms of product lines so cardiovascular or oncology or primary care we should have a our strategy should cut across the product lines and then the product lines are initiatives or tactics upon which we can execute to deliver the strategy that we are trying to execute for our, our customers mm-hmm. and, and so it's really changed our thinking in terms of when we look at technologies or the pro- or a product or a service as the strategy because then all of a sudden our strategies are tied up into a product or service that particularly in the digital or technology world is so fastly changing in iterating that we have strategies that we can't even keep up mm-hmm. with the transformation of the technology And so it's really changed launchpads approach and focus and our we don't need to be innovating around a strategy that is defined as a technology or as a product or a service we need to be creating emergent and iterative strategies that solve a problem for the customer and then it doesn't matter if the if the tactics or the solutions change every 6 months because our strategy is not that because what we were finding was oh my gosh our strategy is already old and we haven't even been able to execute and maneuver on the strategy before the strategy even changed ah yes yes and and i can see that now that you know it all comes together for me just doing what you just said there because that's true and it it creates a, a certain amount of anxiousness throughout the organization that are trying to deliver these strategies because as you say there's they're just pressured by innovation then they're not really enabling it because it just keeps changing um so it creates a lot of angst to execute on strategies for sure um so i'm i'm glad we had a chance to talk about that because i i i think that uh, certainly in my time in the technology startup world um we fell into that trap all the time which is being falling in love with your technology or with the new technologies and being driven to go to market with technologies for technology's sake 
And I think what, what you're pointing out is that flipping that has actually provided a lot more of a, uh, a manner to be able to think strategically about what is the customer's journey uh, when they engage with you as a healthcare organization and how do we want to um, improve that for them and then technology becomes the vehicle to do that. Um, is that a kind of a fair way to say that? <laughs> Absolutely. It's just shifting the approach. Uh, you know, we can bring up all the usual suspects, um, whether it's, you know, the mobile or excuse me, the platform industries like Uber or Amazon and how they've impacted traditional businesses and how they delivered a product or service. It's about the customer. And it's about how can we create a value proposition that our customer will buy. They're, they need a job to be done for them. In our business, it's they have a problem with healthcare or a, their individual health. And what we're saying is, one, we don't want to be reactive to that. We actually want to be engaged before health is even a problem for someone. And we call that wellness. But versus just innovating incrementally on the products and services that we deliver, let's shift this to say, what job are they hiring us to do? Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, whether the product, the service, the technology, whatever, those now just become very tactical things and how we accomplish the job that someone is paying us to do for them. And it just, it really changes the way that you approach what you, what you're innovating in, why you're innovating, and then how best to innovate in that area. Mm-hmm. For sure. And I know that, um, you know, if we shift a little bit thematically and we talk, you know, there's some very practical examples that have resulted um, from these, from, from this whole, all these different strategies that have been implemented at community. Um, there's, you know, it's always nice to look at a little bit and, and just so we have an opportunity to put that kind of tangibility for our listeners. Um, we talked a little bit about the 800 ideas moving into constellations, but were there some specific, uh, let's call them products uh, that actually have come about out of those initiatives? Yes. Two in particular. Um, one is we, our constellations told us as we interpreted the information and in, in clustering those together told us that we definitely needed a digital front door for our consumers to access us. And if we would have looked at those episodically, we would have gone down the path of, of trying, of, of engaging with developers, and we would have had a, probably a thousand different apps um, that were not connected. Um, for our consumers. So what we actually did was we didn't develop an app. We partnered with a um, vendor nationally in an industry outside of the healthcare industry, more in the sports and entertainment industry, to develop a mobile platform um, that essentially serves as an electrical outlet, if you will. And now it al- our platform allows all of the different apps that we want to do or technologies that we want to have connected plug into this mobile app that connects our consumers with our producers. Mm. Um, And it's really a a good example of how we took everything into consideration through this is not how we want to deliver 
what we're being asked to provide from our customers, what do they want to be delivered to them, and how do they want it delivered to them. And that's how the the birth of the mobile platform evolved, and that will be rolled out um, within the next couple of weeks to the public um, in the App Store and in the Google Store. And I think it's really going to eventually create a value proposition and a differentiator, um, not only competitively, but it's going to be solving a problem that our customers are asking us to solve for them. Wow. Wow. That's really cool then. So what that means, well, there's a couple of things that you just said that I want to kind of pick up on. Um, The first one is, so this would be, this is a platform then that as new apps are developed or people come with new problems that or new ideas for problems that can be solved you can actually plug and play you like it's uh, it'll be like a library of solutions for your customers that apps can move in and out of is that right correct it's hmm. it's it's almost essentially uh, a digital mall if you will where you know it's it's available and you can access through any mobile device but if it's seamless you go onto the community health network platform and if you want to pay your bill you can do that you don't if you want to access your electronic medical record you can do that if you want to find out what a wait time is um, at one of our urgent care clinics and you need on demand health care you can find out what the current wait time is at all of our different locations and you can schedule an appointment right through the platform and it's all seamless. You don't have to log in, log out into all the different applications. And then it gives us the flexibility, of course, is what we're talking about earlier, the technologies change, the products and services change. We can use this as our platform to keep on plugging in um, solutions that customers are wanting and needing. And therefore we're not being reactive, we're being proactive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's really powerful. That's uh... That's a really interesting. Uh, it's a cool platform. Like I say, I can see, I can see how this all fits together in terms of just the the strat the strategic focus on that versus the tactical really shines through whenever you start to talk about the the way even that the product is architected. Um, <laughs> the other part of that though that you mentioned is that you partnered with someone from the entertainment industry. So that is very intriguing to me, and I'm sure to people who will be listening to this. Um, just partnering with outsiders with and, and not only just outside community health, but outside your industry. Um, is that kind of a, a, a new or standard approach that you've taken as you've built out your the community launchpad? It, it, it definitely is. And it's also connected to, you know, the research and the due diligence that we did in looking outside of the healthcare initially, when we're looking at different models on what the innovation model, meaning community launchpad, should be at Community Health Network, we looked a lot of places outside of the healthcare industry that were more retail focused, were more consumer focused. Um, And launchpad, we've treated launchpad like a a startup within um, a large healthcare delivery organization, but we have relied heavily, heavily on external collaborations and partnerships um, for a multitude of reasons. One, um, to keep our costs down, and two, to bring outside thinking um, into our organization to help drive us not only faster, but differently than the way that we've traditional, 
traditionally thought about innovation before. So, you know, fortunately, we have had the opportunity, for instance, to create a partnership with Cisco, um, mm-hmm. where we came together with several other large companies like Walgreens and University of California, San Francisco. And we did a two-day um, innovation lab. Um, it was part of the Cisco process called Chill, mm-hmm. which is the, the Cisco Hyper Innovation Living Lab. And we brought several large companies together and ideated and iterated across 36 hours straight across a problem to solve in healthcare. And we were focused on creating outcomes to make people's lives better. And after a a day and a half of bouncing ideas back and forth, a company called Circle Of was born. Um, And now, you know, it was this Circle Of is a company that was co-created by Cisco and Community Launchpad, and it's housed in Silicon Valley. And it's just another example of the approach that Launchpad has taken where we utilize organizations, people, other partners who can do something better than we can. Mm. And, you know, we put our ego off to the side and say, we are all about, and originally the, the, the hypothesis of the problem that we were trying to solve was we were trying to improve the, the patient experience in our oncology product line. And we determined that maybe we need to go in order to really change and disrupt and transform the way that, that our oncology services delivered, let's go outside and partner with other organizations to help us disrupt ourselves better than we think we can do it on our own. And, you know, we let our guard down, if you will, to say, you know, we want you to help us help ourselves. And as a result of that, you know, our outcomes are one from Launchpad. We've you know created a digital health startup that's housed in Silicon Valley that is taking off. Um, and two, you know, we, we have another example of how we took a, a model that we an original concept um, on a napkin drawing and within a couple of years we found ourselves on stage in Silicon Valley in front of 200 in front of a venture capital world um, in a part of the country that we never would have put <laughs> community health network in the same sentence with three years prior and so we wanted to accomplish, how can we do this where we can learn, we can fail fast, we can do it very meticulously, methodically, we can do it economically, but if we do come out with a result, it'll literally, we will be a part of something that changes the lives for, for the individuals that we serve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I listen to you describe it and, you know, with with such a full heart, you know, and, and so, um, so passionate about it, you know, it makes me, you know, you know, this is an obvious statement, I realize, but I think it's when you have that uh, willingness, as you say, to let your guard down, and to be exposed to things that can sometimes be very uh, unknown and scary, 
look what happens in terms of change for the people in your organization um, and the growth of, you know, injecting this kind of, I always talk about injecting this into your DNA. Um, what a perfect way to inject this kind of innovative thinking into your DNA. And I, I can almost guess the answer is yes to this, to this question, but sounds to me like this kind of an approach is going to be continue to be part of the way that Community Launchpad operates, right? Absolutely. Um, external partnerships are so critical to our innovation model for a multitude of reasons that, that we've discussed earlier, but I want to make sure it's very clear. And innovation at Community Health Network it's not about the method. It's not about the process. Then we are connected to a deeper purpose. And when you're connected to a deeper purpose, which is to help improve the lives of the individuals that we serve, that purpose drives the innovation. And so they're not innovations anymore. Mm. And I think whether you're at, whether you work and you're in the innovation arena and being charged with, you know, overseeing and guiding an innovation initiative at any organization, when innovation is about the process or about the tools or the tactics, it's not, <clears throat> excuse me, it's not sustainable. There has to be a deeper connection to the mission of the organization, and then innovation is one way in which you accomplish that deeper connection. And, and you know, that's not only one inspiring for, for, for my, me and, and the innovation team at Launchpad, it connects your employee base. And when you come into work the other day, you know that it's not about you. It's about the people that you're serving. Yeah, yeah. And I think culturally, you know, that's what you're describing, right? Is this, I think some of the initiatives that you've been talking about, even starting when you first started to um, to launch Launchpad and get traction and you put out the call for ideas. I mean, the flavor of um, the culture of we are going to do this together and we're going to engage everyone in our organization sends such a strong message to people about the fact that this is not a, a top-down initiative. This is not just about, like you say, tools and tactics and process. This is about all of us engaging to, to make our organization better for the people we serve. And that may sound altruistic, but it's not when you get into executing the way that you have. Um, you know, it's you, you walk the talk. And, you know, like you said, innovation isn't just a, a, a word on a wall. It actually got down into the grassroots and started to weave itself into, you know, everyone's day-to-day um, -day world. So... Uh, it's and then then you kind of move it around and you talk about you know a partnership like with Cisco. I mean, that's a, a significant uh, a, a accomplishment. A very fast moving technology focused organization partnering up with you um, to and and resulting in creating a, a startup. I mean, that's no small uh, initiative. Um, and so, like you say, you really cut across the, the landscape here when you talk about innovation of everything from employee engagement to uh, 
collaborating and partnering to create a startup and then everything in between where I'm sure there's people with ideas themselves bringing it forward, um, you know, that they want to carry that idea maybe forward as, as a founder. So you've really got a nice wide spectrum here that, you know, I think can only um, ha- pay big dividends for, for the organization. And as you say, it's only been five years. Um, we're talking about, you know, significant change and cultural change that's occurring in a very short amount of time, which is, is really exciting. Um, so maybe um, <clears throat> let's just maybe round the turn for home. So, so what's next? Where do we go now? Um, or where do you go now with Community Launchpad? That's a great question because as a startup company, and we always try to class ourselves as a startup company, startups are constantly, constantly testing out new hypotheses. They're constantly searching. And where the difference between a startup and a large incumbent organization is large incumbent organizations are in execution mode. Um, They may be using innovation to, you know, improve an existing product or service but it's really hard for large incumbents to search while executing and so the opportunity now that launchpad is is now getting into is we're transitioning and transforming what we do what our purpose is for the organization from coming up with more tactical solutions to problems that we solve to actually being the innovation strategy for community health network where we are perpetually iterating and creating emergent strategies for the organization at large so we can start using innovation to start driving strategic objectives versus strategic objectives asking innovation for answers and it's just a shift in setting innovation over the top of the organization where innovation is driving strategy. And so it's a real exciting time. You know, we thought that we needed to start tactically Mm -hmm. um, at a grassroots level just to gain some credibility and some tangibility. And now it's time to take all that we've accomplished and turn that into Fitting, we're not going to fit tactics into strategies. We are now going to be constantly creating strategies through innovation for the organization. Um, and I really think it's an opportunity that Community Health Network is going to have to further differentiate itself, not only in the marketplace, but for our ability um, to provide and solve a problem mm-hmm. for our customers. The tactics that we've developed and incubated over the past six years have put Community Health Network on the innovation map. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we must connect those transactions in a much more purposeful, strategic, and systematic way that solves and performs a specific job for Community Health Network, not only now, but in the future. And, you know, Wendy, we, you know, fortunately, whether they're articles that I read or colleagues that I talk to, sometimes I think innovation, even outside of the healthcare industry, it gets caught up in headlines Hmm. and it gets the word innovation then becomes all about shiny nickels. You know, we, um, we're doing it. We did a hackathon or we did, um, an innovation competition 
or we did some type of fragmented activity that resulted in a shiny nickel, something that we call innovation theater because <laughs> the local business journal wants to write about it, but it's not necessarily sustainable. And without a clear defined why, and in addition to that, a clear communication to all of your stakeholders of the why, innovation tactics cannot create an intentional and deliberate value for the organization at large. And that's what provides sustainability. Mm-hmm. You know, they, the, the headline is, you know, we opened up an innovation lab in our organization and we have a, an espresso machine and a foosball table. <laughs> it's got to be your innovation lab needs to be connected to a larger purpose. Yeah. So we've tried to stay away from the headlines yeah. and create more of a sustainable and systematic approach that will be more long lasting than just the than just the headline that's no longer relevant in, in our 24 hour news cycle. So let me ask you this, then the final question, I promise. But, um, you know, five years, a lot of progress, uh, a lot of heavy lifting, you know, as we say, a lot of things that were done uh, behind the scenes that, you know, just um, glued many people in your organization to this whole idea around innovation and, and probably gave them a better understanding of, you know, what it really is. Um, so, now that you've been through this, and there's no doubt many organizations, not not only healthcare organizations, that are going to be faced with similar a similar scenario as you were five years ago. So what uh, words of advice would you give someone that would be you five years ago that's first starting out? I think, and while it may seem cliche, there's there's an element of of purpose. In, in starting something like this that requires a perseverance that you don't really appreciate and it's hard work and you sometimes find yourselves in you know, as, as, as you hear entrepreneurs say sometimes it can get lonely mm-hmm. um, because your everything that we do at community launchpad is a first that's one of our driving attributes is if it's not a first either for the organization or for you know the industry, that's not what we do. Well, when you're doing nothing but firsts, everything's not a winner. And the tolerance for that sometimes well, usually varies. And so the level of commitment and the level of perseverance, and that's why I emphasize it's got to be our level of of commitment and our level of perseverance is connected to the mission that we are trying to provide to the individuals that we serve, to human lives, and the resolve that it takes and the understanding that the perseverance that it takes, because very rarely are the answers right in front of us. Right. You just, there aren't, you don't turn to the back of a textbook and the answers, you know, are given to the test um, or to the algebra problem. It's having an understanding and also having support um, that you're not always going to be right, but ultimately you're doing this for a higher mission um, and a higher cause, and that that cause is much larger than yourself. Um, And looking back on it five years from now, I think a lot of innovation models start out with, you know, 
what's the business plan? What are the financials behind it? And it's having a, a unbending support from leadership to say innovation is a, just a strategy on how we're going to accomplish our mission is just not the next business plan. Mm. And um, I think it's a really important because I've, you know, I've seen, unfortunately, a lot of innovation initiatives fail across the country because it starts out as, you know, we're going to create an innovation initiative and we're going to create a $10 million business within the next 12 months. And it's just not realistic. Right. Yeah. And, I, and that's that's a great point for us to, to close on is that it's not, you know, this is a sustained effort that many of the initiatives that we're involved with with entrepreneurial thinking affect people and, you know, takes people time to change their ways and and adopts some new way of thinking. So I think uh, the fact that, you know, Community Launchpad has achieved uh, what you've described today in five years um, is pretty remarkable um, when you're dealing with an organization the size that you are. So I can only uh, I can only imagine and get excited about what the next five years have in store. So that uh, brings us to the end of our podcast on entrepreneurial thinking in healthcare and the story of Community Launchpad. Um, I sincerely want to thank Pete Turner, the Vice President of Innovation at Community Health Network, uh, for joining us today on the Entrepreneurial Podcast and you know, really sharing some wonderful insights for those of you who are looking to start a new initiative around innovation and entrepreneurial thinking inside your organizations, um, particularly in the, the healthcare space, but no doubt a lot of great takeaways today uh, for anyone who's in an organization and trying to you know, bring in a new initiative like this. Um, and engaging their across their organization to make a difference. So, so thank you so so much to Pete. And if you'd like to know more about Community Health Network, you can visit ecommunity.com, and Community Launchpad you can find at ecommunity.com/community-launchpad. So until next time, thank you so much, Pete. Uh, we look forward to checking back in with you and hearing how things are going and um, watching all the great success stories that are going to come along in the future. So thank you again. Thanks once again to Pete Turner, Vice President of Innovation for Community Launchpad, for sharing his story about inspiring a new approach and igniting entrepreneurial thinking in healthcare. If you'd like to hear more stories like this, please visit our website at wendykennedy.com and sign up to our blog, where we post frequent updates about new and innovative thinking in entrepreneurship. Until next time, enjoy the entrepreneurial adventure.